Hi, I'm Pastor Lisa. I hope that you've been enjoying our service so far today. If I asked you the question, what are you afraid of? I'm sure that many of you would have a variety of different answers. Well, according to a study that was done, here are some of the top phobias and fears out there. Public speaking, heights, bugs, snakes, or other animals, drowning, blood and needles, claustrophobia or small spaces, flying, strangers, darkness, and clouds, clowns, and ghosts. Now that's a pretty broad list, and obviously there are so many other fears that may not be on that list. And whether you identify with one or more of those things on the list or not, I think it's safe to say that we're all afraid of something. Whether it's something big or something small, something obvious or something very subtle, we all feel fear at different times in our lives for different amounts of times. The thing is, it's not a bad thing to feel fear or to be afraid. It's what we do when we are afraid that counts. You're probably thinking, how can I say it's okay to be afraid when over and over and over in God's word, he tells us, do not be afraid, do not fear. Well, you see, when God says, do not be afraid or fear not, what he's saying isn't that you shouldn't feel those emotions at all because we are human and we will feel them. But what he's saying rather is that when you do feel those emotions, do not feel them to the point where you allow them to paralyze you from moving forward, where we allow fear to paralyze us or to stop us from doing what God has called us to do, where we allow fear to hold us back from trusting God, knowing that he will see us through. God doesn't want us to be afraid to that point where we no longer trust that he is capable of helping us. In other words, don't allow your fear to hold you back or make you feel inadequate of doing something great. God tells us not to be afraid because he wants to remind us that when he's present, there's no need to fear. Well, there's a story that we read about in the Bible. And after Moses rescues the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt, God promised that he would lead them to the promised land. And it's depicted as a land flowing with milk and honey a beautiful, lush land. So they're on their way, the Israelites, to the promised land, the land of Canaan, when God tells them, first, I want you to go and explore the land. Before you go in and take over, I want you to go and check out this land first. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Numbers chapter 13? And we'll be reading some selected verses. Numbers chapter 13, starting from verse 1, says, The Lord now said to Moses, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. 
send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Moses gave the men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is their soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crop you see. It happened to be the season for harvesting the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near Lebo Hamath. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live among the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and all along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report amongst the land, amongst the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who, anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. They're the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for this passage of scripture and for the truth that it contains. And we pray that, Lord, you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you today and that you would speak to us and help us to learn from you and to be obedient as we respond to the leading of your spirit. And so, Lord, may you speak to each one of us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Israelites had come a long way and they were finally about to enter the land that God promised them, this promised land. You see, this was something big, something huge that was happening for them. But first, before they were able to actually take over this land, God had specifically instructed Moses to send out people which they refer to as spies, to check out this land and to come back so that they could go in prepared, so that they could go in ready to enter and take over. You see, when God is getting you ready for something big, preparation 
is always required. Preparation is so important and it's always required. Whether it's something really big or even something small, it's important that we are prepared. God told them to go first and to explore the land before going and just taking over so that they would be ready, so that they would be understanding what is there and, and be able to, to know what to do. He told them to go so that they would know what to expect and to know that what they were facing was something big and that they needed to rely on God for his help. God wanted them to do their research and be prepared before they went in. We may wonder why sometimes things are not happening in our life. And even right now, you may be wondering, why hasn't this happened? Or why hasn't that happened? Or why does it seem like I'm at a standstill in my life and that I may not be progressing or doing the things that I want to do right now? We need to understand that God has different reasons for that. But one of the major reasons can be because right now he's preparing you for what is ahead. He is preparing you for what he has in store for you. And preparation is important. When David was chosen and anointed to be the next king over Israel, he was a young man. But you see, David did not become king the next day. He didn't even become king the next year. It took years of waiting and training and preparation before he was ready to be king. It is important that we take this time to prepare ourselves for the things that God has in store for us. Sometimes God gives us those things right away. Sometimes he doesn't until years later, but he knows why and we need to trust him and we need to allow him this time to prepare us for the things that he has in store. I don't know about you, but I love watching renovation shows. I love seeing what used to look like and then the end result. However, I'm not one who cares very much for the stuff in between. So I don't really care to watch people knocking down walls and tearing this or putting insulation in or fixing that. I don't really care about that. I just like to see the before pictures and then the after pictures or the after results. And I believe sometimes we can be like that in life where we just want to skip ahead to the end result, that we just want to get to the finish line and not have to go through the marathon. We want to just go straight to the part where God gives us that blessing or God opens that door. But what we need to realize is that it's through this time, this time of preparation, this time of being prepared and growing in our relationship with God that we get ready for what he has in store for us. We can't get away from preparation that needs to happen. We need to be willing to put in the work, the time, and the effort. There are things that we need to do before we can get to certain stages of life, before we can get into a good school, before we can graduate with that degree, before we can get a good career, things we need to do before we get married or before we have children, before you buy your own home or before you start your own business. There are certain things that we need to make sure get done. Preparation 
is important. Don't ignore it. It's important and necessary for success. Maybe things aren't happening for you right now because God is preparing you for the things that are going to happen. Use this time to grow closer in your relationship with God. Use this time to grow as an individual and get ready for the things that are going to come your way so that you don't miss the opportunity when it comes. Not only was God helping the Israelites to prepare themselves for taking over this land by exploring it first, but he also wanted them to see how impossible it would be for them to try to take over on their own. I know it sounds a little weird, right? That God wanted them to see how impossible it was, but that's exactly what he wanted them to do. You see, if they went in first blindsided without any kind of preparation or without checking over the land, they would have not succeeded because they would have seen what was there, they would have been too scared, they would have left, and they probably would never have an opportunity to go back. But in seeing first what this land had to offer before trying to take it over, they were now understanding that without God's help, it would be impossible for us to try to take over this land on its own. When the spies came back, they were afraid. Verses 28 tells us, but the people who live there, they said, are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. They were so afraid because they looked around, they saw all these things, and they knew that if they tried to attempt it on their own, that they would fail, that they would be killed, that they would be crushed, that they would not succeed. God knew how big and scary the land and the people living there were, but God also wanted them to trust him. Even though our situations in life may look big, remember that God will always be bigger, that God is still bigger. The Israelites felt overwhelmed they, by the fact that the people were so big and scary that there was just no way in their mind that they would be able to defeat these people. In verse 31, they say, but the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Yes, the people in the land were bigger. Yes, they were stronger. Yes, the Israelites looked like grasshoppers in comparison to them, but God is still bigger. When we look around at our situation, it can be the same. It can look scary, it can look big, it can look like we're not gonna be able to make it. When you look at the bills that are piling up, when you look at your health situation, when you look at what's happening in your life, it can almost seem too much to bear, overwhelming, but remember, God is still bigger. God is still bigger and greater, and we cannot compare our situation to him because he will always be greater. He will always be bigger. What is it that you're going through right now? What is it that's happening in your life right now that just seems too big and too overwhelming for you to deal with? Remember that God doesn't want you 
to deal with it on your own. He doesn't want you to go through it on your own. He wants to help you. He reminds us that he is there. He tells us not to fear, not to be afraid. Why? Because he's right there with you. He tells us that we don't have to be afraid because his presence will not leave us. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, he reminds us, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In Isaiah, he says that he is with us. Whatever we go through, that he is right there. In Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of doubt, that death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. When we have the presence of God with us, it drives out all fear because we don't have to be afraid because we know that he is there with us. We serve such a big and mighty God and he promises to not only be with us, but to help us through whatever life brings our way. Knowing that you have such a big God on your side, don't let fear cripple you. Don't let it. Don't be afraid to move forward. Don't be afraid to try again. Don't be afraid to the point that you stop trusting God. When we stop looking at our situation and we keep our focus on God, we will overcome our fears. When we stop looking at what's right in front of us and what's happening and we put our focus on God, then we will be able to overcome any situation that comes our way. Overcoming fear allows us to look at the Red Sea that's in front of us and to know that God is going to part it and he's gonna make a way for us to get through. Overcoming fear allows us to march around the walls of Jericho and know that somehow God is gonna bring these walls down even though we don't know how. Overcoming fear allows us to enter into the lion's den and the fiery furnace and not be afraid because we know that we are going to come out unharmed or not even smelling like smoke. Overcoming fear allows us to stare into the raging storm and know that we are safe. Overcoming our fear allows us to look at the thousands of people and trust that God is going to provide with the five loaves and two fish. Overcoming fear allows us to know that somehow God is going to help us to get out of the boat and to walk on water. You see, when we overcome our fear, that means that we no longer look at how big our situation is, but we look at God and realize that he will always still be bigger. Despite all the negative comments and the reasons why the Israelites shouldn't attempt to go in and take the land, Caleb believed that they should go. In verse 30, it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly conquer it. For we can certainly do it. You see, Caleb was one of the ones who saw the same thing that the other spies saw. 
Yet he came back with a different perspective because his focus was not on the situation and was not on the people of the land or how big or small they were, but his focus remained on the fact that God sent them, God promised them this, God told them to do it, and God is going to help them. He was focused on the things that God told him. We need to stop listening to the negative voices who tell us it's not possible. That's what Caleb did. He silenced and he tried to silence the voices and told them to stop. He didn't want to listen to all the negativity, to all the comments, to all the people who said, we can't do it, it's just not possible. We need to stop listening to all of the people, to all of the places, to all of the things that are just telling us it's not possible. You see, there were so many people who were just saying, it's not possible, we can't go into this land, we can't take this land. Yet there were only 12 spies who went. So that means that people who didn't even see for themselves the situation were being influenced by the spies who went and started saying, without trusting God, no, it's just not possible. I mean, didn't you hear what they said? Didn't you hear what he said? Didn't you hear the report? It's just not possible, we can't go. They were overcome with fear and stopped trusting God. They listened to the voices that told them it's not possible. And that's what caused them to make up their mind to also believe it's not possible. Caleb believed that it was, that it was possible. All he was concerned about was the fact that God told him to take this land. God told them that he would make a way, and that's what they needed to believe. There are so many people that can come into our lives, that we can cross paths with, that can be negative voices to us in the same way. People who tell you it's not possible, that you shouldn't attempt to do that, that you shouldn't try, that you shouldn't move forward. It's just not possible, even though you know God is leading you to do it. We can get so lost in the negative voices and opinions of everyone else that we lose sight of and stop listening to the only voice that really matters. That is God's voice. People will constantly tell us it's not possible. And in the Bible, they tried to say that it wasn't possible either. But when we look at when God says that it's possible and we look at what humans say is possible, then we start to see that they don't add up. You see, it's important to understand that they said the same thing many years ago. It's just not possible for a woman to be healed after 12 years of bleeding by touching the hem of Jesus' garment. You see, they say it's just not possible for food to appear out of nowhere, come down from heaven for 40 years for God to provide for the Israelites. It's just not possible for their clothes and their sandals not to wear out after being worn day after day after day. 
You see, they said it's just not possible for water to miraculously be changed into wine. It's just not possible for a man to walk on water. It's just not possible for three men to go into a hot, blazing furnace and come out without a hair on their head being singed. It's just not possible for a little boy to defeat a giant with a mere stone and slingshot. It's just not possible for a man to be dead for four days and then Jesus raise him to life again. It's just not possible, but yet it is. You see, when people tell us that it's just not possible, remember Jesus' words when he says, with man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. When God prepares the way for us, we can trust that whatever happens will turn out for our good according to his good, pleasing, and perfect will for us. Unfortunately, because of the Israelites' disobedience and lack of belief and trust in God, the fact that God would help them to conquer the land, they were not able to enter into the promised land. They wandered in the desert for 40 years, and God wanted to give them this beautiful land way sooner, but they just didn't believe. They were just too afraid because of their fear and disobedience. Many of them never saw that promised land. Don't let fear stop you from getting to the promised land God has for you. Don't let fear stop you from getting to the promised land God has for you. Verse 21 says, Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and this is in Numbers 14, Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Sadly, because of their disobedience, because of their lack of trust, because of their fear, many of them were not able to inherit this land, all because they were too afraid. God has so much in store for those whose trust is in him. Many times we think we should wait to do something, but we need to wait until we're no longer afraid to do it. And if we wait until we're no longer afraid, then we're probably going to be waiting a long time. And we're going to accomplish very little for God, very little for others, and very little for ourselves. I want to tell you a story. Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband was killed along with four other missionaries in Ecuador, says that her life was completely controlled by fear. Every time she started to step out to minister, fear stopped her. Then a friend told her something that set her free. Her friend said, why don't you do it afraid? Elizabeth listened and took that advice. Together with Rachel Saint, 
the sister of one of the murdered missionaries. They went on to evangelize the Indian tribes of Ecuador, including the very people who had killed their loved ones, all because she chose to do it afraid. Are you allowing fear to stop you from receiving the best that God has for you? Don't allow your fear to stop you from getting to the promised land God has for you. Don't let it stop you from going back to school. Don't let fear stop you from taking that new job or investing in that small business. Don't let it stop you from having another baby or volunteering in that ministry, starting a new career or buying your first home or dating again. Don't allow fear to stop you. Rather, like Elizabeth did, it's okay to be afraid and to do it afraid. No one said that Joshua and Caleb weren't afraid. No one said that they weren't afraid to go in and to take this land when they spoke up and said, we can certainly do it. The difference with them was that even though they may have been afraid, they were willing to trust God enough to move forward. They were willing to still trust God. You see, we can still be afraid and yet act in faith. We can be afraid and act in faith by trusting God that even though in our own human emotion we are inadequate and we are afraid, we're trusting that, God, you are going to take care of it. I'm afraid, but I trust you, and I know that you will see it through even though I don't understand how. Moses was afraid to go back to Egypt. The Israelites were afraid to cross the Red Sea. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were afraid to go into the fiery furnace. Daniel was afraid to be in the lion's den all night. Mary was afraid when she accepted the task of having baby Jesus, yet they still did it while afraid. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid once you choose to trust God and look to him. When God is getting ready for something big, preparation is always required. Even though our situation looks big, remember that God is still bigger. Stop listening to the neg negative voices who tell you that it's not possible. And don't allow fear to stop you from getting to the promised land God has in store for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage of scripture and for so much that we can learn from it. And Lord, we pray that you would help us in our own lives to look at the things that we may be afraid of, the things that are happening to us that may hold us back or uh, stifle us from moving forward. And we pray, oh God, that you would help us to overcome that fear. But we pray that even though we may still feel afraid at times, that your Holy Spirit would remind us that it's okay because you are there, that it's okay because you are in control, that it's okay because it's not about what we can do, but rather about what you are going to do. So help us, even when we are afraid, to trust you. 
when we are afraid to know that you are bigger, that you are greater, that you are still more powerful, that you are still seated on the throne and there is none like you. And so God, we place all of our fears, all of our insecurities, all of our inadequacies into your hands. And we ask that you would help us day by day to take them away, but also to know that it's okay, that we can still do it while we're afraid. And so we thank you for the things that you have in store for us. We pray that you would open up the floodgates of heaven and that your blessings would be flown through us and in us, oh God. And we pray that you would have your way in our lives and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.